Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So I know I've said this before, but this is one of my favorite episodes yet. And I am so excited that you are here and able to listen to it. This week and next week are very special to me. My mom is here and we are diving into all things marriage and divorce and parenting, her thoughts on me becoming a stepmom, what I was like as a child, and we are answering questions submitted by you on Instagram. So this is a two-part interview. I've never done a two-part interview before, but there was just so much to talk about that we had to divide it up. Now, my mom and I have had a very complicated relationship that dates back to my childhood and after my parents' divorce. And actually saying that it is complicated would be an understatement. Like, it is complicated. But You know, right now, when I look at it, we have come out stronger than ever. And I'm so grateful for the relationship that we have today and all that we've went through together and that she's agreed to sit down and chat with you guys about it. Now, before we dive into this episode, I do want to give you a quick heads up. Some of you may have heard that I'm running a group coaching program called the Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life group coaching program. And initially, I was only going to run it once and only accept 10 people into the program. It was this limited time thing, but the response was better than I anticipated, and it actually filled up in less than a week. So since the demand has been so high for it, I decided to run another coaching session before we wrap up for summer. So if you are a stepmom who is at the point where you're like, this cannot be my life. A year from now, five years from now, I do not want to feel this way. If you want to feel more in control, if you need tips and strategies to feel more confident and improve your relationships and improve your marriage and minimize the impact that your stepfamily stresses are having on you and the vibe of your home, I would love to have you join. Now, this is a live and interactive group coaching program, so to keep it tight-knit, I am, again, only offering a limited number of spots, and like I said, it sold out last time, so if you are interested and ready to do the work and implement some major change into your step-family life, and, you know, make some stepmom friends along the way, be sure to check it out at www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash group coaching. Now, let's get to the episode and hear what my mom has to say. Enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here with my mother. So my mom, Carol, hello, is on the podcast today, obviously, and we are going to chat about everything, I guess. So if you've ever wondered what I was like as a kid or just the ins and outs of my childhood and parents' divorce and just things that I've mentioned maybe briefly in Instagram content or on the podcast previously, we are going to dive into it. Are you excited, mom? I am so excited. <laughs> Mom's like, I can't even look at you. We're sitting across <laughs> from each other right now. It is very awkward when you're recording a podcast face-to-face, I find. Well, I just hope I don't start laughing or something. Well, we'll just edit it I out. I might. We'll okay. just edit it out. All right. So 
How are we even going to start? Okay. So what was I like? I don't know. We have a, <laughs> we what have, were you like when you were a little person? Well, we have questions that were submitted on Instagram, um, but let's kind of give a little bit of a rundown. So I mm -hmm. am the oldest of four. That's right. I'm the oldest of four. So there is me, Brittany, Jason, and Chelsea, and we are all like basically two, two and a half years apart. It's it's about two years. You, you and Brittany were a little bit more at two and a half, but everybody else was two years right. apart. So yeah, lots of kids in a short period of time for sure. And you are the oldest. Right. And you know what they say about the oldest? What do they say about the oldest? Uh, they're very determined and very, um, you know, you, they're used to being on their own with uh, mom and dad all by themselves for a while, right? Yeah. Well, you always, yeah, I loved being alone. Um, yes. I think I was maybe meant to be an only child. You've always said that. Yeah. And I think you're, you're correct. <laughs> I love my sisters. I really do love my sisters and my brother, but I do, um, I did relish that time when I just lived with dad and it was just me. And, and I relished that time when it was just me and you. Yeah. And I do really like my own thing. <laughs> you, yeah. You always, you always were, you, you had a lot of attention, you right. know, those first three years. Um, I mean, one of the biggest thing you don't know about Jamie is she was talking full sentences at the 18 months. Now, as a mother of one child, you have no idea if that's normal or not. And I would have people come up to me at the bank at that time. We would be I would be holding you and having a full conversation with you. And they'd say, how old is this little thing? And I'd say, well, 18 months. She's talking full sentences, full paragraphs. Yeah. I had no, no knowledge that that was not the norm. Yeah. So I've always been a talker. So you've, and, and we read books and you talked and you just were with me all the time. So when Brittany came along, it was like party was over. Don't like it so much. Mm -hmm. And so how did I react in Brittany? Um, let me just say I bought every parenting book on the market to try and get the two of you to connect, but it yeah. was, it was tough. It was tough. And you know, I get it. I get it, but it's his life child. And you were also a very determined child, um, strong-willed, a leader from the beginning, um, smart, you're going to have it your way. And you did get it your way for three years. And um, so, yeah, when someone else came along, it was like, mm, no, thanks. <laughs> Take her back. <laughs> no, thank you. So, um, yeah, I was a determined child. Kids come along. You have got four kids, mm -hmm. all very small people. And under the age of six, four under the age of six. Right. So what was that like? Busy. It was just, it was just busy all the time. Um, I'm very organized, which is a good thing. And that certainly helped the survival, but it was just, it was busy. Yeah. It was busy. Was it hard? Like, were, it, were you ever like, cause I know even with Reese or when we have all the kids or sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like, I just can't like, did you ever, did you ever have days where you're like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. Well, that was when I, I actually had to make a decision that I had to be selfish and take some time to myself. So on Wednesday afternoons, probably about 11 o'clock on, I would do the shopping. I would do the shopping for the kids' clothing. I would go into London. I would go out for lunch all by myself in a restaurant 
which was people would think, well, why are you not meeting somebody? I didn't really need to talk to anybody else. I needed my own time. I maybe even went golfing um, by myself. Lots of times I went out and I would just hook up with, you know, retired old men that were golfing. I would not golf. literally hook up with not, them, not, not literally like, <laughs> hook up, but hook up on the golf course and, and just have a few hours just, you know, for my own sanity. And that's really important to do. Right. But I think maybe I'm wrong here. I could be totally wrong, but is that before all the moms were encouraged to oh, do their own thing? Like, no. or was everyone, or were the, all the moms already doing self-care at that point? Oh, there was, I, there was no one that I knew was doing self-care no one was reading self-improvement books. No one was doing uh, journaling in the morning, uh, spiritual reading in the morning. No one that I knew was doing that except myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, your mother's a little different than the norm. Yeah, no, for sure. And, but there, it wasn't like moms were saying to each other, like, you should take a break from the kids. You deserve it. Oh no. Right. Oh no, no, not at all. And in fact, I, I remember driving uptown and, and seeing people, you know, pushing their buggies, you know, all day long, like the strollers, we called them buggies at that time, the strollers. And I'm thinking, like, go do something else. Like, there's so much, like, you know, I see you every day doing this. Like, that's great, but it can't be just all day long. Like, I just, I always felt there was just so much in life to embrace and to learn and to do. And um, that was, that was who I was. And as a result of it, I got four kids that are like that too, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So fast forward. Yes. So now we have me, we have Brittany, then we have Jason and we have Chelsea. Yes. And then you and dad get the big D. Yep. Chelsea was uh, six months old when I left. Right. So, and that was like a huge, no one was getting divorced then. Like, no. I feel like it wasn't till a couple, I remember meeting in grade four of my friend who her parents were the only parents I'd ever heard mm-hmm. getting divorced. Like we lived in a small town was like 4,400 people and you guys get the big D and it was like the talk of the town for a while. I oh, totally absolutely. feel like, I mean, uh, without question, it was not the norm and it wasn't the norm for the school systems. It was all, you know, it was just a very, you know, you might as well have had a letter on your on your shirt walking around because it was just so not the norm. You know, it didn't matter whether people were unhappy or were not doing what they should do for their own quote unquote journey. Um, You just stuck it out. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it for many, 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 many reasons. And, you know, of course there's always turning points in the relationships and such on both parties, but um, I, I couldn't do it. Well, yeah. And, you know, we've had conversations, I think probably the girls and I, I can't even imagine now you and dad married, like you're just so different. You're two different people. And I couldn't imagine, you know, trying to build a life when you're growing in different ways and you're have different interests and you're just not aligned in terms of like what you want for your life. Right. And I will say it took me a long time to get to that point where I, I was like, okay, yeah, that was the right thing mm-hmm. for everyone, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, um, just because people get divorced doesn't mean you have a bad person on either side. Mm-hmm. You know, 
There was a reason why you connected and there's a reason why you disconnected. And I mean, I remember saying to someone that was actually telling me they were getting a divorce and feeling bad. And they said it was, you know, such a bad thing. And I said, who said? Mm -hmm. And they said, what? And I said, who said it was a bad thing? And I said, no, where, where is it written that this is a bad thing? And they said, it's not written anywhere. I said, it might be written in the Bible. I'm not too sure, that type of thing. <laughs> but I said, no, it's society that said it's a bad thing. I mean, sometimes, you you know, girlfriends come in and out of your life. Of course, the ideal is always, without question, don't get me wrong, it would have been wonderful to have had an amazing relationship that lasted for 50 years, that you really liked that person and got along with the person, your beliefs were the same, and you were aligned, as you said, Jamie. But that's not usually the case. Mm -hmm. And um, it just happened. Unfortunately, there was, there was four of you. On the flip side of that, perhaps it was good that you were little instead of teenagers. Mm -hmm. I always say that I think that it would have been more difficult if we were teenagers uh, just to process all of that because you have to mourn a whole life that is, yes. all this, is gone, right? Yes. You know, Chelsea doesn't even remember you guys together. No. I barely remember things, but I almost feel like a lot of my memories are from home videos that I have decided were actually my memories. Right, right. I remember bits and pieces of family get-togethers and mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't yeah. really remember anything. So we, you guys get the big D. Mm -hmm. You, We live in a small town, and you move to... Another town. Another, basically another small town. Yep. It's like 40 minutes yep. away. So we all go with you. And this is what everyone always wonders and asks me about. So we go with you um, and live there after about a year after the divorce. We lived in the same town for yes. a while. Yes. And then eight months into that, mm -hmm. we decide that I'm going to live with dad. Yes. And I think, like, how do we even start on that? Like, I wasn't an easy kid. Like I was a bit of a nightmare. You were, I mean, your personality was, and, and, and this is what a lot of people don't believe or understand is that you were so determined and so strong um, as a person, as a little individual that you were challenging and the divorce just compounded it. The mm -hmm. divorce didn't cause it. The divorce just compounded it. And you were going to be a challenging child, um, being the firstborn and, you know, not wanting to have a team. I want to be on my own and this is the way I want it. And of course, when there's six people in a family, there's give or take, and we didn't want to give or take. Mm -hmm. And also a um, parent of a firstborn, every mother and father has messed up the firstborn. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't even know what we're doing. Didn't mm -hmm. even know you could speak. You weren't supposed to be speaking sentences <laughs> in 18 months. Like, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So, and I struggled because we were living in a different town and oh. I would call dad. I wanted to come and live with him. Absolutely. And you were very close with your dad as a little person. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no doubt about it. So you had a really strong relationship with your dad. So, you know what? At the end of the day, I had um, three other children that, that um, needed to be cared for as well. 
And it was the best decision. And I was being bad. I was being very bad and rebellious. Yes, you were. (laughs) Yes. Like I can't imagine dealing with that. Even now when I know when we have parenting struggles, I'm like, holy gosh, like I can't even imagine parenting me. I was just a very, I was bad. Like I got in trouble. I was good, but I would get in trouble. You were not a bad person, but you know, you wanted, you wanted things as you saw them that you, how you wanted them to be. And it didn't always materialize. And so. Mostly because you know, I was eight and they didn't. I mean, there was just, you know, so many, so many reasons, but um, it was just, the, it was really the best thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, you know, we kind of grew apart for lots of reasons after that, but I had to have, I had to look after the other three too, mm-hmm. right? So, so I moved with dad and I didn't come visit very often. Like I would say I would, I would come Christmas or um, like the odd weekend. And I will say, looking back, I'm like, someone should have made me go. That being said, I'm not sure someone could have make, made me go. <laughs> that is very true. You know, like it's really easy for parents to say, you need to make your kids do this or you need to make sure they're doing this. And absolutely, like I'm on board with that. However, there are some children that you, it, that's a very, very difficult thing to do. And I think with me, so yeah. So basically I ended up calling my sisters and brothers, the kids. Mm-hmm. So the kids would come on the weekend and see dad and I, like it was <laughs> yes. kind of screwed up, um, which is actually funny now. Brittany or Reese calls like my stepkids, the kids, when she's like, oh, the kids are coming. Cause like, yes. you just hear the parents yes. say it, right? Yes. So that was that. And I just lived with dad. So we kind of had like a rough relationship probably. Oh, most of, most of my childhood. I would say so until you really went into college, I think. Yeah. I went into college and yeah, when I was at Brock University, that's when I think that I would come home and we would hang out and, mm-hmm. and all those things. So that's And I of, moved back to Exeter at that time too, which helped. Yeah. So you and dad were now living in the same town again. Yes. So it was good. We could all kind of go back and yeah. forth. So um that so there's a bunch of questions that were submitted on Instagram. So that answers the question: why did Jamie move in with her dad? Um Chloe Caldwell wants to know what were the hardest years with Jamie? I think we kind of covered that, but yeah, I mean, I mean, even, I mean, she was so determined. I mean, can I tell the little pink suitcase story? Sure. So this is way before the divorce. I, you're three years old, so Brittany would be six months old, and the other two children weren't even born. Um, so clearly, significantly be before the divorce. And Jamie got mad at me, cannot remember what it was, and she had a little pink plastic suitcase and she went into her room and she packed that little suitcase and off she out the door she went now this is a three-year-old now you got to remember I now have a baby that's six months old in the house thank goodness the weather was was uh, summer so I couldn't exactly run after her but in the area that we lived we had several moms with children down the road. So I called the next mom, you know, Jamie's on her way. See this pink little, oh yeah, I see her. Call the next mom. Oh, Jamie's on her way. So we finally track her down. She's sitting at the post office box with her little pink suitcase and we're all the moms are looking out the window. Now the joke of it was that if anybody picked her up, they'd be bringing her back. (laughs) (laughs) That was always the kind of the funny joke, but 
how many three-year-olds literally pack their suitcase and take off? And that's how strong and determined you were, Mm -hmm. right? So it really, I mean, that was your personality way before the divorce. Yeah. And I think it's worked out. Like when I look at that, I'm glad that I was a strong and determined person because I do think as an adult, it has served me well, but that I have that with Reese. I'm like, she is going to be, she is a strong and determined person. And I'm like, this is gonna be very challenging to parent. However, I do. I'm glad that she has these qualities because I think that they're going to serve her well when she, when she grows up. So, so to answer Chloe's question, she was challenging. Jamie was challenging from birth. (laughs) Right. And then it just ended up, you know, the older she got, the more independent she got. And then the problems just became bigger. Yeah. Um, So, but the most challenging years I would say as a mother is when your daughter doesn't want to see you Mm -hmm. and doesn't see you. And even if you do ask, or you ask to go to the sports or you ask to go to the Christmas concerts and all this stuff, and there's, you don't get an invite that definitely is sad and hurts. Yeah. But in my defense, I didn't, I don't feel like I remember you wanting to go. And I think maybe that was like a blip in the communication and kind of where the issues between you and dad actually were taken out on me. Right. So it was more of a, I didn't know. So I think that's kind of where our issues came from. Cause I was like, why doesn't my mom want me? Like, I felt like I was abandoned and like right. all of that when it's, you're like, well, I can only call so many times and be shut down so many we times. We faxed and we had a fax machine. Oh yeah. But you guys would, I remember like we when there'd fax be fax pieces of paper back and forth, please send me this schedule, all of this kind of stuff. Can you let me know? Are you coming? When can you pick up? That was an, in, that was the decade of faxing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys faxed. I remember faxes being on the counter. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was sincerely. Sam wanted to know what's the hardest thing when Jamie decided to move in, and I think you just kind of answered that, like just yeah. like me not yeah. wanting to have that relationship. Yeah. So Kimberly Fielding wants to know how did you feel when Jamie's dad started moving on in relationships with regards to the kids, and I think that means like having another woman there looking after your kids. Um, I don't remember one moment of of concern. I mean, they were all, I mean, the girlfriends were, were good. I I would see them. I would say hi to them, but the bottom line is it doesn't matter what happened in the divorce. I knew for sure that the father was not going to do anything that would hurt the children. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may not have been always how I would have done some things. And of course that happens in any divorce or your people that are not divorced, but never once did I ever think that you were ever going to be in trouble. And the same thing would apply if you ever thought you were in trouble, including you, you would have been on my doorstep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and we were all very, like, we're all very strong personalities. And so I'm sure, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm sure as a parent, you're like, these kids can fend for themselves Absolutely. too. Like and there was a lot of you. Yeah. So there was really, really hard to have any secrets, even mm-hmm. though you thought there were secrets because one of you blurted it out at some point at, at over some dinner table, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. And you, you know, as much as you, you looked after Brittany and no one was going to hurt anybody except you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you were looking after them. That's what Brittany said. Brittany's like, you are the only person who can 
mess with us. <laughs> like Absolutely. You, very, you have always been super, super protective. Like I used to call, I think Brittany and I talked about this on the podcast. If someone was being rude to Brittany at school, I would call them oh. and I would call their mother. Like yes. they were not going to be treating yes. anyone in my family. And it was very much like everyone. I was like, I will fight this battle. And that's actually, and this is a little off topic, but has been my biggest like I'm like that as an adult. There are times when mm-hmm. there's issues with my sisters now and I'm like, "Well, should I call?" And you're like, "No, leave like you don't need to solve everyone's problems." Yeah. But I do. Yeah. I think I've always kind of That's the leadership role that you take. Yeah. You took it in the family as well. Mhm. That's true. That's true. And and they're all, I mean, all four kids are strong leaders. Mhm. And there is and then I'm a strong leader. So, and then even, you know, your your cousin and my sister like we're strong leaders. We're, we're take charge, get it done kind of people. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think we can be like a tough crowd to come into because it's so, oh. we're all so intense, not in, well, intense and like have our own opinion. And we have like very strong conversations. And actually I think you and I were talking about this. So like we will get in arguments. I will have it out with Brittany or with Chelsea or you, and we could be like, screw you and not be on the same page about something. But then 24 hours later, be like, hey, like, you want to go out for dinner? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we are the type of people who it's like, if you have an issue, we're going to tell you what the issue is, and then we're going to be pissed for five minutes, and then mm-hmm. we're going to get over it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. that's a weird thing for, like, our partners. For like females. Even, well, and even Darren was like, okay, I thought you were pissed at your sister yesterday, and now you guys are going. I'm like, well, we're over it. Like, it's just, yes. a we, we are all just very open. We act more like the male species in that. The male species. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I call them, the male species. But do you think, um, I don't, but Darren doesn't act like that. But if he was with a guy, guys usually go, like if they're out in the golf course and does something, they'd tell him each other off and then they would move on. Yeah. Or not say any, I think like there's one end of the spectrum, like yeah. one would not say anything and then, or you would yeah. just like, yeah. but they move on. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think then we, we bring in like the emotional aspect of women. And then, so it's just like amped up a bit. Yeah. Oh, it's, it can be amped up. For sure. <laughs> it's all good. All right. So SLGEE44 wants to know, do you regret telling your kids too much or too little about the divorce? Um, I don't think I've told you everything and I don't think that you will ever know everything. And I don't really have any regrets. I mean, you were so little, so you, you only knew what was, was age appropriate. Mm -hmm. And at six, there's nothing except all you guys knew is mommy and daddy must not like each other (laughs) because they're not living in the same house. And this is strange because all my other friends live in the same house. So things must not be good. Yeah, and then you witness things, regardless of how try, how hard you try, or how good you want to be. Kids know what's going on. You witness things. You do things. There isn't a perfect divorcee out there, I think, anyway. Um, and then it just kind of unfolds, like yeah. And I think there's things that we know now that we didn't know when we were kids, but. It's something that I always say is like kids are going to grow up and they're going to look back on their childhood with an adult perspective. So the way I felt about, say, your divorce when I was six or eight or 12 or 15 is completely different than the like I look back as an adult and knowing how hard, you know, marriage can be and how hard it can be parenting and not really being able to fathom not being on this. Like, I think Darren and I are very aligned in like what we're looking for and how we're growing together and what we want for our lives. But I can't imagine living like, and but our marriage is still hard. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine 
living with someone or trying to have a partnership with someone who you're not actually partners with, like you're not on the same page. So I look back with that adult perspective. And I always Mm -hmm. tell STEM moms who follow me, like, you need to remember these kids, like you have to always be the bigger person. Now these kids are going to look back and they can figure a lot of stuff out. Absolutely. And perspectives change and positions change and opinions change. And you just have to ride it out, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys never know. I never really sat down and said, okay, this is what I don't like. This is what I, you know, this is why, 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 why? Because at some point it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. It happened and I truly believe it was the right decision, the best decision for individuals. Definitely not always the best decision for the kids, but you don't know what life could have been like if you had stayed. I know. I feel like we would all be very different people. You know, so yeah. I, I think everything works itself out. I do truly believe that in life. Oh, I do too. Like, and I and and this what you're doing for for your business, Jamie, is just like, you know, if that hadn't happened, she wouldn't have had the insight. I mean, sure, you can be a social worker and you can be a stepmom, but you were also a child of divorce. That brings in a huge perspective. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, I mean it's it's interesting how things actually really do work out once you go through the whole whole time period. Do you wish that you and dad could have, um, had a better co-parenting relationship? Oh, absolutely. But because there were no, not very many people that divorced, you know, when you went to the soccer field, let's say, well, everybody was together. There wasn't like, there's lots of singles or lots of divorce and lots, or lots of girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever that there was just your dad and I. Mm-hmm. So, um, there were really no other people to follow. It was so new. And it's not like you could Google how to co-parent and you weren't no, having, there weren't no, no platforms. No support groups like you. Very few books. As much as I did huge self-improvement. I mean, I honestly re- do not remember reading any books on divorce and, and parenting and self, um, step-parenting. They're, they just weren't then out there mm-hmm. at that time. Well, I started this platform because I felt like there was a lack of support for stepmoms, and that's years and years later. Exactly. So think about that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, sure. Could we have been better? Absolutely. Without Could I have been better? Absolutely. Could he have been better? Absolutely. But, you know. You do the best you can with where you're at. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I was, I just remember busy, mm-hmm. you know, everything was busy. There was just always short people around me mm-hmm. and, and busy, busy, but we, I mean, I nailed it, man. Mm-hmm. Four strong-willed, successful children, um, independent. I nailed it, man. So mm-hmm. did your dad. So there you go. Yeah. It all worked out fine. Yeah. yeah. It all worked out. All right. So last question For this episode, we actually had so many questions submitted on Instagram that we're going to do a follow-up where we're going to talk more about me as a stepmom and answering your questions in there, like to my mom. But let's kind of do a little segue. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction to Darren and I? So me, I fall in love with this man who's 13 years older than me with three kids, very recently divorced. So... 
you remember that when we were going to Mexico and I was telling you that I was dating oh, him? Absolutely. And you're like, I think you're going to marry him. And I'm like, I'm going to marry him. And that was, we'd had two dates. Like I just was mm-hmm. loved Darren. Yeah. No, I mean, what was the, what was my reaction? Is that what yeah, the Yeah. Like, did you is? have any concerns? With, not with regards to kids. There was none. The only thing was, it was he's an older person. So what it looks like now versus what it looks like in 20 years. I remember having that conversation. Do you remember what I said to you? You were like, he could have a, cause we're 13 years apart, Darren and I, yeah. and Darren and I are then you and Darren are 13, 13 years apart, 12 years apart, I think. Right. Or yeah. He's closer to your age than me. Yeah. So I, I, and I, and I just said to you, I remember literally asking you this when he is 70 and you're 58 and he wants to sit on the couch and you're still, you know, ready to go. Are you going to be okay with that? And you said, yes. And then the second thing, and I just want to give you a perspective. And I said, Darren, at this age, he could be with me or he could be with you. It's the same age difference. How do you feel about that? Well, I thought he would probably pick me. He probably would pick you too. (laughs) But relatively speaking, I could be with a man that's 12 years younger too. And you kind of looked at me, giggled and went, that's fine. And I went, okay, cool, fine. I also knew Darren and I also knew his family. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like this random person that I didn't know anything about so I think that was, that was also a factor too. You know, yeah. he, he was a good guy. So and I he's a that. young, he's always, he's a young guy. Like he doesn't play his age. Oh, I don't no. think. No. Like I don't, I think I'm probably going to be the one who's like, can we just sit down? And he's going to be like, what yeah, next? Let's like, go. Let's, let's go, go do this. Yeah. No. So, but as far as children and stepkids, because you didn't have any yourself, it really wasn't concern. Mm-hmm. You were going to have to be the stepmom and that was going to be your gig. Right. Yeah. But like, so you were pretty good about it. You just said, you just need to consider this. You need to consider this. You're very methodical in all that you do. Mm-hmm. Dad was like, no, I don't think this is like, dad was very vocal about it, that he did not think it was a good idea. Mostly because I think dad saw himself in Darren and he knew mm-hmm. that he was never going to settle down. And cause dad never did settle down. I never had a stepmom. Right. I never had like yeah. that stability of a re- like him moving on in like this longer term relationship. There's always kind of like this. Mm-hmm long-term girlfriend, if you will. Um, so I think he saw himself in Darren and didn't really want me to be in that girlfriend role. Right. But when Darren and I got married or got engaged, he proposed. And I said, did you call my dad? And like, or did you ask my dad? And he's like, no, he'd say no. And I was like, actually, you're right. Um, so that's why we didn't ask yeah. dad, because how do you yeah. move forward and do it if the answer is no, because you're going to do it anyway, right? Yeah, it's just the, it was just the you know the age difference, but there's lots of people with age differences, and I mean we've we love Darren, and he's yeah. he's awesome. He fits right in the family. We fit right in with his, and yeah, I I mean I don't even think of the age; it doesn't yeah. even cross my mind. I mean, yeah. he's Reese's dad. Yeah, end of story. Yeah, that's it. He's for a good me. guy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap this episode up and we are going to hop on and record another follow-up podcast episode. So if you're listening to this one on the week it comes out, there's a follow-up next week where we're going to answer questions about my role as a stepmom, how my mom supported me, her thoughts on things. Um, I don't even know them all. There's a whole bunch of questions. So to be continued. Sounds good. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. 
take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.